Hey everyone, thanks for joining me. I have a couple of stories to tell you today. One of them is from a very good friend of mine. And this is something that happened close by to where I live. I really don't want to say the name of the place because it's rather small. And if you know anything about this particular town, you may have an idea of where this happened. And she's so upset about it. She would rather me not say the name of the town where she lives. Anyhow, come to find out, um, when she got up in the morning, she looked out of her window, her front window. She is in a condo. And it was still dark. And so there was what looked to her to be to be a cat that was pressed up against the screen side of her window. She said that um, it was like splayed out and it was still dark. So it looked to her like it was a cat. She didn't know how it was stuck there but she tried to tap on the window and to make it go and she said it wouldn't it didn't move so she went ahead and walked away because she was spooked about it and waited until it got a little lighter she went and looked again and it was in fact a cat that was the cat was dead and it had been pressed on to the screen side of the window with such a force it was like it had been ran over and pressed onto that window with a giant type of like rolling pin or something it was on there and it wasn't a fake cat not a stuffed animal not a toy this was a real cat so she called the police the police came and the cat was almost embedded onto the screen they had to remove the screen and she said that there is an outline of the cat still on the window like if it was heat like the the print won't go away so she was trying to clean it and get that print off of there but it is like like if it was on there pressed on with an iron or something so now she is going to have that window replaced what in the world happened what could cause something like this is beyond me this is something that is so disturbing and mysterious i cannot figure out how in the world this could happen. It wasn't her cat, but I mean any of us would be so almost distraught with something like this happening and she said she feels like this was something like against her, like maybe somebody did this against me. Although I don't know why. Why in the world, you know, I I told her, who in the world would do something like that? against you. I I do not understand this whole incident for the life of me. 
It's very, very unnerving. And I mean, it's in a condo little community there. You know how loud cats can be when something happens. And I cannot imagine something with this much force being able to do this and no one heard it. And she said she didn't hear anything at all. It wasn't like it was raining last night and there was a lot of noise or anything. So I don't know. I don't even know. Um, I mean, I, I'm all out of, I'm just plain all out of ideas of what could have caused this. I'm really very, I'm stumped. I mean, I am just at a loss here with this Um yeah, this this is very disturbing. So, I mean, there, there's really nowhere to go with this. It's horrible. Whoever or whatever did this is just um, somebody or something without a soul. But yes, this just happened. And we'll wait and see what, ha- you know, what comes of this or if anyone can figure anything out. And all the neighbors were out there. You know, you can imagine the police are there and all the neighbors, oh my gosh, how in the world would something like that happen? Especially pressed on there with such force, almost like the poor cat was a sticker, you know, that they just stuck on there. Oh my gosh. So um, anyways, I wanted to put that out there and let you know, maybe you have heard of some, some something similar like that happening before somewhere. This is very, um, this is very sad. And she, she lives there in that condo by herself. So now she's kind of like, man, I don't even know if I want to, um, be here tonight, you know, by myself. I told her, I, I don't see how it could be anything against you. It's because of where she lives. She's at the beginning of the community. She's not back in the back, she's like, I would say the first, within the first four of the condos as you come into her community. And the other thing is that this community is gated. So that makes it even more mysterious. I would, with my, you know, with my mind thinking just like, uh, well, you know, Whoever, whatever did this, it must have, it must have taken them some time. Being that that cat was just embedded onto that screen, that's not something that could have happened just like in an instant. But who knows? You know, so they could just smash that cat on there and then drive away and wait for the gate to open and leave that community. There are so many questions with this. I find this very, very, well, sad for one thing and uh, mysterious. I just don't get it at all. Anyways, um, the next thing that I wanted to tell you about is in that same area, this is all in Riverside County now, and within that same area, there is a family who they moved into their house probably about a year ago. They haven't been there that long. So they were telling me that actually it was the the man 
the dad was telling me that as soon as they moved into that house, they started hearing things. They started hearing whispers. Well, he said, you know, we have four kids, so maybe that's not unusual because that's the first house that they've ever purchased. And it's pretty big. So he said, maybe, you know, it's the acoustics of the house. I don't know. So they started hearing whispers, but then the kids started telling him and his wife that they could hear voices and they heard whispering. And um, sometimes the, the whispers were like they were right behind them and things like this. So um, he told me that what started happening to him, it started happening at night when he would be in bed. It's somebody would like lick the side of his face. He said, um, we don't have any dogs or cats. And I felt something lick the side of my face. Now this didn't happen only one time. This happened not, I mean, there was a frequent, you know, it was like um, not a one-time incident. It would happen quite frequently. And he said that he he turned and he laid on his back and then he noticed that when he would lay on his back nothing would happen it was only like when he was on his side something would like lick the side of his face so he started sleeping on his back and there were no incidents until one early morning he said it felt like someone licked the top like his forehead like back and forth and back and he sat up with a start and he was like what the heck and he looked at his wife and he was like are you playing games with me are you messing with me and she was asleep she was like what like what what's wrong with you and he was like yeah you're messing with me you're licking my forehead she was like no you are out of your mind so he got up to even look and see if there was any evidence that his forehead had, be, had been licked. But of course, there was nothing. So they continue to have things happen. This is a form of an attack, even though it's nothing that is hurting him or injuring him. It's still an attack. I am the area where he lives, where this house is is known for a lot of paranormal phenomenon just because of where it's built. So it remains to be seen. Well, we're going to get somebody over there to go and check it out and see what's happening and see what's in there or what may be in there. And um, in the meantime, they are doing some research about what the house is actually built on top of, which I'm, I already told them what I know. I'm aware of that particular area and what it's built on. So once we get somebody in there to go and check it out, then I'll have more to report about that. But yeah, can you imagine like feeling like something's licking your face and you've got no pets in the house? That is uh, pretty creepy to me. I just don't like that idea and just like we talked about before you're so vulnerable when you're asleep just like when you're in the shower you're totally vulnerable those are two places that 
I always think about when I'm taking a shower and I'm alone in my house, that is one time where I just feel like I just want to get in here and get out because I'm just helpless in here. And the other one is when you're asleep. If you're awake by hearing a, a noise or some something else, you know, a jolt, like even an earthquake, you are so vulnerable because you're not ready for anything at all. And um, we all know how earthquakes seem to happen. I mean, not always, but it seems like they happen a lot late at night or early in the morning. I don't know why that would be, but um, some of the biggest ones that we have had that I can recall have been at night or really early in the morning. Okay, and um, I had somebody ask me the question about... No, I think I'll get to that later because I don't have enough uh, research on that subject. You know, like we were talking about the woods and the mountains and things like that. How many people have um, strange incidents, for example, in the mountains. There are a lot of things that people don't talk about that we don't hear about when they're up hiking out there. Even at a time like this, when there's a lot of snow, there are a lot of strange encounters people have had, even over here, like Mount Baldy or a Big Bear, places like that, Crestline, People have had a lot of very strange encounters that they cannot explain. People have heard a lot of noises and seen things that they cannot explain. One of the ones that stands out, um, and it's not, it seems to be um, a lot of, well, quite a few people have had this same kind of encounter where they're out there. And these are some reports from people being at um, Mount Baldy. I used to go hiking there years ago at Mount Baldy, and I never had anything strange happen. I was never there in the snow. I was always there in the spring or in the summertime. But I I have um, heard a lot of reports about people who are out there hiking just enjoying, you know, being in the woods or being on the mountain and stuff like that, that they'll hear strange noises like whistles sometimes. So you'll hear, for example, a whistle somewhere off to your left and you can't really see. I mean, it's not like you have a clear view because of, you know, all the trees, a lot of this and that in certain areas a lot of hilly areas where you can't see the other side. And they'll hear like a whistle, and then they'll hear another whistle from like way on the other side. Like, okay, one way over there on the left, now you hear one way over here on the right. And yeah, it could be people doing this. The only thing about it is that once these things seem to intensify, because it's not just you hear one. Then these things will intensify. And then it's been reported that it starts with a whistle and now they hear these like grunting sounds and these other sounds that sound almost like a yodel, but 
coming, it's, it's guttural. It's not just a, a person doing this. It's a guttural sounding type of yodel, yodel thing. And then once they are able to go back and check the areas of where these things happen, you know, because they see things moving in the bushes, but they can't get a clear view. So, of course, you know, you're going to get away from there. Then later on at some point, they'll go back or people will just be in that vicinity. And they're saying that they find these huge footprints, just huge. And they've got three toes. Just think about the kind of pressure that this thing has to exert just to make that big footprint. I mean, we're talking about how many pounds, you know? Because it is so detailed and outlined. That's a lot of pressure. Seems to be happening in pretty much all of the local mountains. A lot of people don't come out and talk about it because there is still, you know, there are still those who are like, oh yeah, whatever, you're you're nuts or you're hearing things and so on. So a lot of people don't talk about their experiences, but they are happening more and more. And then you have people saying they saw something, but it looked like, um, it like almost like, um, like plastic paper. It's like a form of something in the bushes or the trees, but it just, they can see it like in ripples almost of like plastic paper or like gossamer. There's no definition to it. There have been a lot of reports about stuff like that. So it makes me wonder what's out there. Then when you top that with missing people, I mean, there are so many, you know, we talked about that before with the missing 411 series that Dave Pilates does. It makes you wonder what is running around out there And does that have anything to do with people who just mysteriously vanish? I mean, it is so mysterious. It's almost like impossible. One minute you're hiking with friends and the next minute someone's missing. There are no screams, no animal attacks because then you would hear screams. No noise. The person's just gone. Like if they walked right into a invisible doorway. So, I mean, all of these things, and they don't want to talk about it because it's going to bring the tourism. It's going to affect their tourism. Maybe not so much in, um, well, yeah, it even happens here in the mountains. But I know that the national parks are like a hotbed of strange disappearances when it comes to people. And um, you can listen to Dave Pilates on YouTube. And I know he made a movie and he has written books. And he advises people who go out hiking in the woods or who go to national parks to always carry some sort of communication. And I believe a satellite phone is one of them. And the other one is a firearm. 
which a lot of people already carry when they're out there because not only you don't know what kind of strange cryptids may be lurking out there, but um, even, you know, you got some people out there who may have um, no good intentions. I, I don't know. I don't go to national parks. The last time I went to one was like ages ago and I just have no desire to go there again especially after hearing all of this other stuff and the national parks don't put it out there they're not going to tell you that people go missing there every year and how many just gives you something to think about something to be aware of that way you can protect yourself and the other people that you're out there with there's a lot of strange stuff out there in the wilderness, any type of wilderness you go into, even Big Bear. I told you, I think I told you about when we went to Big Bear one time. We used to go there every year. We went there um, a few years ago, and we were talking to some people at one of the restaurants. You know, you just start talking to people, and... This one guy started telling us that this was their their first time there at Big Bear. They were, you know, I rented a cabin and taking the family up there. And um, the dad and the teenage son were telling us that, yeah, it was like kind of late. It was fairly late at night, maybe about 11.30, almost midnight. And they were in the, the living room and they were watching TV. They had the TV on and they were playing cards or something. And he said, the doorknob of uh, that, that was in the living room, the front door, started to jiggle. And so then they stopped everything, you know, and just stopped talking. And the doorknob continued to jiggle like someone was checking to see if it was locked or trying to get in. But the whole thing was sinister. So they just froze and he took out, he took a rifle and he took out his rifle and waited, but then it stopped. He's like, I don't know who would be out there in the snow jiggling doorknobs. He said, but um, after that, left him with a feeling like, I don't know if I want to bring my family back up here. Our experience that we had was this cabin was huge. It had like, well, you know, they got the the basement type of area. Then it has the main area. And then it had this another floor, like the an upstairs area. And the basement area had a door that led out to, you know, like, the, I guess that was like the ground floor. It was weird. The way some of those cabins are set up is kind of strange. But you would open that basement door and you'd be outside, like in the yard. So we were there and the place must have been, I mean, for a cabin in Big Bear, this place must have been like, almost 2,000 square feet. It had to be. It was huge. 
So it's like, take your pick. You know, there seem to be so many bedrooms in there. Okay, I'm going to go in this bedroom and everybody else was on the other floor. I went to the top floor. The bedroom that I chose for some reason reminded me of those um, those people who were waiting for the Halley Bop comet to come around and pick them up. So it was like one of those um, cult suicides that happened in Vista, I think it was Vista, California, back in the 90s. I don't know why. I walked into that room and I said, well, you know what? This reminds me of where those um, people committed suicide waiting for the comet to come and pick them up. But anyhow, you know, it's I have a big imagination, so... Okay, so um, it had an attached bathroom. I mean, it, it was nice, but it was just kind of, I don't know. It, I'm not going to say creepy, but it was it had a feel to it. So I went to bed, and there was this little clock radio on the nightstand that had a, I think it had AM, FM, so I put it on, and I don't know what I was listening to. So I woke up in the middle of the night because it sounded like people were moving furniture around. You could hear the furniture like, you know, when you're moving a couch and you're moving chairs. So I figured, okay, everybody's down there. Maybe they're playing a game. Who knows? You know, whatever. So I went back to sleep because it's not like I was alone in that place, okay? So the next morning when I got up and everybody's up and, you know, we're getting ready for our day, and I said, what were you guys doing last night? I heard you guys moving furniture around and stuff, you know? What was going on? And they were like, I thought you guys were moving furniture around. I said, no. What am I going to do that for? They are like, well, why are we going to do that? Good question. So what was it? So then everybody started not feeling good. Yeah, and and it's not like, you know, when you're in Big Bear in a cabin, you're in a track. The nearest cabin to us was rather far. And uh yeah, we that's we all heard it. But we all thought it was like I thought it was them. They thought it was us. That furniture was being moved around. Well, that's what it sounded like. So these type of things, and I started doing, I started doing a little bit of research and looking into Big Bear and any type of um, strange phenomenon that might be going on there. And I, I didn't find anything like major, you know, what, what, um, could be causing these things, just, you know, usual this and that, but nothing really too much out of the ordinary. So I continue my search and look around, and um, if I find anything, I will definitely talk about that. Um, but when you are in the wilderness, and it's night, it's a lot different than being in the city at night just like in the suburbs. I used to like to go on walk at night, walk my dog. I don't do that anymore. It's not 
because I'm afraid of people. It's because I'm afraid of what I might see. I have met too many people who have seen strange things at night that they can't explain. I have um, talked to too many people who have seen strange things in the trees. And this is just in the neighborhood. That aren't birds and they're not cats. And as a matter of fact, that brings me to one story. When I was a teenager, I had this friend who she didn't, she lived a few blocks away. So at night, sometimes in the summer, she would start walking and I would start walking and we meet halfway and, you know, so she could come over to my house or I would go over to her house, you know, to hang out and stuff. And one night she was walking back home and it was pretty late. It was probably around midnight. But where we used to live, there was like nothing going on there. It was different then. I mean, not that it was in the, you know, the 70s or 60s or anything like that, but it was still different than it is today. And she was walking home. I walked her to the halfway point. And then she said that when she got to her block, there was something in the tree as she got closer to her house. She said, I don't know what it was. There was something in the tree. And it started like saying something to her in a whisper. And she's like, I know where it was coming from. It was coming from the tree. I looked, I didn't see anything at all. And she got so scared. She got off the sidewalk and walked like partially in the street to get away from that tree. She said she could feel something. It, she could feel like a presence in that tree. This was right by a high school that is said to be haunted. And I actually have a, a personal experience there that I already talked about before. Maybe at some point I will... Um, talk about it again in case you missed that show that was a while ago that I told that story yes I I have no doubt that she did experience something there and this is a while ago that this happened but I I can remember her telling me this and we even went in the day and looked at the tree and well I don't know there was nothing there she said it It was not a bird. It was not a cat. It was something that was whispering in a language that I don't understand. Okay, well, that's all I've got for now. Since I have a work schedule now, I probably won't be able to be back until Wednesday. And I will try to get some good stuff for you by then, okay? So I'll talk to you later. Ciao.